Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church, building faith and friendship. Going to have our reading from Scripture now, which comes from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 3, and beginning to read at verse 7. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace, given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given to me. To preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him, and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. And then in chapter 4, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. May God bless the reading of his word. Well, first of all, I want to take this opportunity um, to tell you about the Crossing Wales pilgrimage from St. David's to the summit of Snowdon that took place earlier this month. Lots of you were here in Pentecost uh, in May when Emir Matthias came to Abergavenny with his big heavy cross, which we managed to get up to the edge of the Blorange overlooking the town. Emir had a call from God 
to be a cross carrier, one of these people who walk the roads with a big cross. That was a bit of a shock for Emir, because Emir is just an ordinary little guy. He's a builder by trade, but having heard the call to take up the cross and actually to take it from St. David's to the summit of Snowdon, he set to and he had a cross made, a heavy cross with a, a wheel at the base. And he gathered around him a small group of people, people from different churches and different backgrounds, to pray about this and to help him plan how to get this cross up the top of Snowdon. Well, I met Emir by accident about a year ago at Falderbrennan, where one of these planning meetings was going on. And that meeting was very much a, a God incidence for me. There wasn't much planning, but there was a whole lot of worship, and God really met with us in that gathering. Emir started practicing going out with his cross. He was a bit embarrassed about it, so he would go to places where nobody knew him. But he found that, that people were drawn to the cross, and they would come up and talk to him about it. And he found himself sharing his own story as a Christian and sharing the message of God's love. People would ask him to pray for them, so he did. And one of his practice walks, as you know, was here in Abergavenny. And we had a brilliant day in May, taking the cross up the mountain, being in the castle at lunchtime with a lovely picnic. Then we walked through town, and then we had a, a lovely service here. And it was a great day. It was a, real, it was a real blessing. Well, in September, my friend Dolly and I went to St. David's Cathedral for a commissioning service, for a commissioning concert for the start of the pilgrimage from St. David's to Snowdon. Steve was, was there too, because he had a hand in, in the planning of this. Now, Emir would say himself that he's not the best at planning and organizing. And this concert was kind of thrown together. It was hardly advertised at all. And yet there was something just awesome about the atmosphere in the cathedral that day. So much so that, that folk who were just visitors and who had actually just come in out of the rain just stood in amazed silence as these international opera singers, Hugh Priday and his wife Elizabeth Woollett and the concert pianist Aya Kim performed and gave their testimonies. When Emma told me that these people were going to come and perform, I have to be honest that I was a bit sceptical um, but he was sure that God would make it happen, and he did. And at the end of their performance, which was truly beautiful, the sub-dean declared that that was not a performance, it was an act of worship, and everybody clapped. He prayed such an anointed, spirit-filled prayer over Emir, and then he took Emir by the hand, and it was the most moving thing. The cross was in, in the, the front by the altar, and he took Emir by the hand and led him down to the cross. And they stood over the cross, holding hands across the cross. And he blessed the cross, and he commissioned and blessed Emir to take the cross on the pilgrimage. And he sent him up the center aisle 
to begin his walk. And as he walked up the aisle, we all clapped and sang as he went. Now, Emir was joined by another cross carrier, um, a man from Cornwall called Lindsay Hamer. And he's carried a cross for many, many years all over the world. Now, I caught up with them the next day and we had an impromptu prayer meeting on the side of the road. Now, here is Lindsay and Emir um, carrying their cross up from St. David's. I'm just going to, if we can make it work, show you a few pictures of what happened. Um, that hasn't come out, very, but you can see the, uh, the flag of St. David, which was carried all the way to Snowdon as well. Uh, let's see. Oh, these haven't come. They're not coming out. Their whole picture, not quite. They're too big on there, aren't they? So we'll see. We'll see how we go. <sighs> this is Dolly's leg <laughs> carrying the cross. Um, and I did share with you the other week that, that, that there. Leave it there now. Thanks. That's great. Um, as we came into Newport, Pembrokeshire, uh, we found the crosses walking up the road, and Dolly took one of the crosses, and a young man came out of the building site, and he said, what's going on? What are all these crosses? I saw them earlier when I came to to, to work. What's happening? And Lindsay, whose cross was being taken on by someone else, um, started talking to him, and he talked to this young man in the most beautiful and simple way, and he kept asking questions. There was, Lindsay didn't have to press anything on him. This young man was just hungry for more of God. And it led to Lindsay explaining to him how he could pray at home to ask the Holy Spirit into his life and to give his life to Jesus. I'll do it now, he said. And Lindsay had explained to him that it was like switching on a switch and um, that suddenly, you know, the power comes through. And as this young man prayed the prayer with Lindsay, so his face changed, and all of us who were there saw his face change and light up, and this enormous smile came on his face. And when they'd finished praying, he said to me, did you see that? He said, I I can't stop smiling. He said, I I felt it, and I can't stop smiling, and I'm looking like you now, because we were all smiling. And, And it was just wonderful. And we asked him, was anyone in his family a Christian? And he said, yes, my grandma. And it just gave me such encouragement because mums and grandmas never stop praying for your children and your grandchildren because the prayers of mums and the prayers of grandmas are very powerful. And we were just so thrilled for that grandma that she would be able to know that her grandson had come to the Lord. Um, Ten minutes later, we were down in the pub where we were meeting at the end of that day's walk And Lindsay was talking to somebody else, sitting outside having a drink. And within a few minutes, he was praying with that young man as well. And it was just awesome to see. Then a few weeks later, Dolly and I joined them in Lamberis. Um, We had a wonderful time of worship in the local church the evening before, with people from all over who were supporting the crosses. Um, And then... Emma and Lindsay were joined by another cross carrier, a man called Clive Cornish, who is, who is another well-known um, and cross carrier who's been carrying the cross for many years. He had booked himself into the Cardiff Half Marathon, and he was determined that he was going to do that first. I think he took his cross around the Cardiff 
half marathon. And when he'd finished the half marathon, he then set off on foot to Snowdon with his cross so that the three crosses were all progressing at the same time to the summit of Snowdon. Um, And then on October the 12th, four crosses, because a guy called Simon, who actually came here um, in, in May, he has a smaller cross, which doesn't have a wheel, so it's, it's heavy to carry. He came with, so we had four crosses starting up the route to Snowdon. And here you can see, um, Lindsay is the one with the arm up. Everybody kept asking about the crosses. It was such a strange sight to see these massive crosses going up Snowdon. Everybody wanted to know what was going on. And Lindsay and Emir and Clive took every opportunity to explain what they were doing, why they were doing it for, and how much they loved the Lord. So, um, Lots of people helped to carry the crosses because it was jolly hard work. And so lots of people actually got their hands on the crosses, which I think is awesome. The guy with the check shirt at the end came all the way from Poole in Dorset with the shofar so that when we were on the top of the, of the mountain, we could blow the shofars. And so he was the shofar carrier. See if we can get the next one. As you can see, lots of willing young people to help us. Um, what was awesome was that there was a group of Muslim students from London who were doing a fundraising walk, and they stopped and listened wonderfully to Lindsay explaining how much he loved Jesus and that he was doing this because he loved Jesus and because of what Jesus had done on the cross. And he said, Jesus loves you, and we love you too. And those young people helped me all the way up the mountain because we were all struggling. And these young girls with their habibs and, you know, it was just so lovely to to go up with all these people. This group are a group of Indian guys, Gujarati guys. They got the, the cross at the top. And they ran with the last cross up to the summit, which was heaving with people. And they were so excited, they wouldn't leave the cross when they got up there. They guarded the cross until we were ready to raise them. And then they helped to raise the cross up on the summit. This is Clive Cornish here. This guy came from Milford Haven. And on his T-shirt in Welsh, he had, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He was the one, I've never met him before, but he led us all in community singing on the summit. Um, and so we were singing Amazing Grace and Shine Jesus Shine and all kinds of things. And everybody up there was kind of joining in and enjoying it and clapping. And it was just, it was a praise party on the top of Snowdon. Awesome. And you can see how many people were up there. It was absolutely heaving. And then getting down again, lots of people helped us to come down the mountain. It was actually harder to come down than it was to go up. It was an experience, you know. It it really was. Um, So many people must have gone home that day talking about what they'd seen. And it's absolutely true that when... That, that scripture that says, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. 
We didn't have to preach. We didn't have to push anything. People came and they wanted to know. And awesomely, I had a phone call from Emma yesterday and he said, it's still going on. It's still going on because people inspired by the crosses went out to Rill this week. Twelve people went to Rill to evangelize there. Out of 26 people who they asked to fill in a questionnaire, 16 of them gave their lives to the Lord, which is just awesome. All kinds of things are happening, and it's just really exciting. Now, several times in his letters, Paul urges the early church to live a life worthy of their calling. We read it earlier in our reading, didn't we? Live a life worthy of the calling we have received. So just this morning, I want to ask, what is our calling? What calling have we received as followers of Christ? We don't all get called to drop everything like Emir and literally carry a physical cross. But Jesus does call each of us in Luke 9 to take up our cross and follow him. And that means being open to God's word, to what God is saying to us through his word and through our everyday experiences. God's word calls us to live a life worthy. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, Paul asks God to give us the power to accomplish all the good things that our faith prompts us to do. And that prompting of our faith to do good things is part of our call. In Ephesians, Paul elaborates on how to do this, telling us to be humble and gentle, being patient with one another, making allowances for one another's faults. We've all got them, haven't we? And we have to make allowances for one another because of our love. Make every effort to keep ourselves united in the spirit, binding ourselves together with peace. And in Philippians chapter 1, he talks about us living as citizens of heaven, standing together in one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith. I've been very preoccupied over the last few months because a dear friend of mine has been terminally ill. She was the leader of our women's worship and Bible study group that I've belonged to for years. And sadly for us, Chris went to be with her Lord just as we reached the top of Snowdon with the crosses. And that was a project that she would have loved to have been a part of. And the phrase that we felt summed up her Christian life was, she walked the walk. She was someone who, as well as using her gifts for preaching and teaching in full in many situations throughout her ministry, she demonstrated the fruits of the Spirit in her life, those qualities of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness and gentleness, self-control, so that everybody who knew her, including the nurses that nursed her in the last weeks of her life, were touched by that special presence of Jesus. Now, Mike looked with us at the the fruits of the Spirit a while ago, and as we look at ourselves in worldly terms, they're a daunting list, because we can't produce those qualities in our lives by ourselves. We can try, 
but because we're human, we will fail. It's only through engaging with the Holy Spirit and allowing him to work in and through us that over time we are changed into fruitful people. We're all called to live according to the way of Jesus, to follow in his footsteps and to reflect his love and his light to those in the world, those around us. It sometimes seems a daunting task because there's so much going on in the world that concerns us. But something that I've, I've had to learn is that we are not all called to be, we are not any of us called to be all things to all people. We can't be, and we mustn't allow ourselves to get dragged down in our spirits by trying to take on the whole world and its troubles. Our first calling, our first and most important calling, is to grow closer to God, to develop our relationship with Jesus through the Holy Spirit. Without that time spent in prayer, in worship, in studying the word, and just in simply being with the Lord in stillness and quiet, we won't be empowered to be anything else or to do anything else. And in our own strength, we can't do it. So first comes time with God. And then we all have our own spheres of influence, be it our family, our friends, our neighbours, our church, our workplace, whatever our situations, and that is our next calling. It's something that we can all do. Bloom where we are planted. I love that phrase, bloom where you are planted. And that's what Jesus calls us to do, to show him to those around us to those closest to us, just by being the people that Jesus made us to be, by demonstrating his love and all the fruits of the Spirit that will flow from that first fruit, love. It might be that, like Emir, God has put something specific on our hearts to pray for or to do. That, too, is our calling. It's a specific task, that only we have been asked to do. We're not all asked to do the same things. Sometimes I see what other people are doing and think, I ought to be doing that, I ought to be helping at the food bank, I ought to be doing this, that and the other. But we're not all called to do the same things. God has made us different. He's made us unique and special with different skills and different talents And he can use us all to further his kingdom in different ways, if we're willing. We can be sure that he'll never ask us to do anything for him without equipping us to do it. And just as the first disciples that Jesus called were a a motley crew, God often calls the most unlikely people to do special things for him. That would be Emma's testimony because when you meet Emir, he is the most ordinary, really unskilled in public speaking and all of those kind things guy. And yet God uses him mightily and is continuing to use him as he's called to speak about his experiences. God uses us wherever we are, however we are, in all kinds of amazing ways. 
And so that's something that I think we need to be praying about and asking the Holy Spirit to show us, Lord, what is it that you want me to be doing for you? Lord, what is my calling? And so I want to finish with that wonderful prayer that Paul prayed for the Ephesians that we read earlier. Praying God's word is powerful. And this is a prayer that we can pray for one another. And it's a prayer that we can adapt to pray for ourselves. So let's pray now. Lord, we hear you calling us to live lives worthy of that calling. May we put our relationship with you as our first calling and then see who and what you have placed right in front of us to care for and make us listening and obedient people to hear your call for special service too. And now as Paul prayed, Father, we pray that out of your glorious riches, you would strengthen us with power through your spirit in our inner being so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. May we, being rooted and established in love, have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that we may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. And now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about Abergavenny Baptist Church, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.